You're listening to the Spirited Entrepreneur Podcast, a show that's dedicated to cultivating intention, awareness, and flow in business and life. Join your host, Nicole Harlow, and other like-minded business owners in the Spirited Entrepreneur community over at www.thesepod.com. Hey everyone, Nicole Harlow here, and welcome to the Spirited Entrepreneur Podcast. This week, I'm chatting with the amazing Lisa Lister. Lisa and I have so much in common, uh, especially our love of uh, the menstrual cycle and empowering women to just experience their flow and um, live more aligned and harmoniously with their cycle. Lisa was crowned the Defender of Female Awesomeness by Cooler Magazine. How cool. Uh, She's also an advocate of the full female experience. She's a writer, a menstrual maven, and the creatrix of the SheFlow system, which is yoga, women's wisdom, and menstrual health, and down-there care practices. She's dedicated to helping women crack their lady code, reconnect with their body wisdom, and love their lady landscape. And we're going to be chatting about her book, Code Red. Um, I think that you're going to love this interview. I loved chatting with Lisa. She's such a source of inspiration for me. And uh, yeah, let's get to it. Well, I just, I wanted to say that your book, um, Code Red, is part of my like menstrual trifecta, my like holy trifecta, which includes Code Red, um, Alyssa's Woman Code, which I love, and um, Miranda Gray's The Optimized Woman. So for so for me, like having those three books together is like the perfect trifecta of like menstrual goodies. Oh, thank and you. It's nice you mentioned in those <laughs> <laughs> with those women as well. I feel like each one for me brings a different, um, just like a slightly different quality to it. So they're the kind of books like all especially your book like it's just something that man I wish that I had had that when I was a kid I wish I had had it when I was in my 20s even yeah I think that's my biggest deal with it really is that um there are there are great books out there and it was just like what would I have wanted when I was in my 20s when I found out that I had endometriosis and that people were these 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 doctors in white coats were saying do you know what you've got endometriosis you're not going to be able to have children let's just whip it all out yeah and that was the that was their mentality towards towards women, women's health and, and towards my reproductive system at the time. And, and it was just like, what would I have wanted to have heard? What would I have wanted to know? How would I have connected? Because, you know, it's taken me 10 years to get to a place. Well, it's been a complete adventure of, of this lady landscape for the last 10 years, you know, um, like a spiritual journey, an emotional one and definitely a physical one as well. And I think that um, yeah, it was like, what do I want? And and I have to say, I wrote it as a love letter to my to my um, yeah, to my twenty four year old self who who mm-hmm. had no clue as to and, and, and as, as I said, many of us don't as to what's going on below you know the, the neck down really. Yeah. Um, we're not taught. We're not taught any of this. And this is our birthright. This is this is our power source. Yet yeah, we're not taught that at all. Are you still there? 
Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> so sorry. It's just, yeah, the, um, yeah, it just went silent. I, it, just, it just went silent and then I couldn't, um, I couldn't work out what was happening. So. It's okay. <laughs> I think it just, I think it cut out for a little bit. Um, so I would love if you could just, for the people who've never met you before, um, and aren't really familiar with your work, if you could just, you know, tell a bit about your story, like a little introduction and maybe how you got involved in the work that you do. So the work that I do is, uh, is, is my personal work that's just become, not just actually, it's become my, it's become the work that I'm here to share in the world. And, mm. and that happened, you know, I was, I was 24 when I was, um, when I was diagnosed with endometriosis and it was great because I've been misdiagnosed for so long mm. and, and to actually get to a position where someone, someone could name it, it, it was like, right, okay, now I can work with this. Except they weren't into working with it, you know. The, mm. the idea of endometriosis for them meant that, and and the severity of how I had it meant that they, um, the the kind of doctors and, and there was a specific doctor who just said, you know, we can, you know, you're not going to be able to have kids. Um, so the ideal scenario would be just to whip it out. Now that mentality, that whole thought process around around women's health and and well being, just like. I mean, that moment I left, there was a moment, there was a total moment where I was just like, oh, actually, I was tempted. Mm. You know, I was tempted by that concept of, you know, I've been in so much pain. Um, I've got, you know, I had an amazing career, but I was having to turn down opportunities all the time because I was bleeding through, like bleeding for two weeks at a time. I was bleeding through everything that I wore. Yeah. It was embarrassing. I didn't, I, I didn't have the vocabulary to explain it to people. Um, you know, it's, it's still such a taboo subject, and we just, you know, we whisper about it, or, or don't, um, you know, or don't converse with our girlfriends about it, and so, so no one, you know, so I had no one to really talk to about it, and so at that time, you know, I was saying no to things a lot more than I was saying yes because I was just too embarrassed by what was happening. I was mm-hmm. in so much pain I couldn't go out, so I was saying no to social engagement. So there was a moment. There was a moment when that was really freaking tempting. You know, I was like, okay, I hear you. But I left that room. I left that um, that doctor's surgery with this these leaflets in my hand. And I was just like, no, no. Yeah. There was a pain deep, deep down in my womb. And it was like way different to the pain that I experienced with endometriosis. And I know, I, you know, I now know that pain to be she. To mm-hmm. be her way of connecting with me and saying, "Ladies, this is not how it's going to be." Yeah. Um, Don't abandon me. Don't you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, listen to me. Like I'm, you know, I'm here and and I want to be heard. And and I think from that moment on, and you know, it really has been the most incredible adventure um, that she and I have had. Like you know, mm-hmm. she the greater divine she and my womb space and and realizing the incredible power. Um, of connecting with her and my cyclic nature um, have been one of the many, many amazing things about my exploration of my lady landscape, you know, really mm. understanding what that is and and how that encourages me to show up as a woman in the world and, and how not showing up like that and not having respect for, um, like I say, anything below the neck down because, yeah. that you know, that's just something we either ignore or, or use or, or is, is used and, and not necessarily um, understood in terms of pleasure and, and excitement and, 
and and its knowledge base and its power. It's just yeah. So so yes, that's that's how I've got to to hear and to write in about um, Code Red because it's, it's a it's a call, you know. It's an it's a call to action for all women to really understand their their lady landscape and to like explore it to know it. Um, like to know your flow and then to really understand the powers that, that are within it um, and then to really utilize it and use it to leverage and optimize your life you know it's it's mm, incredible yeah. and, and just knowing some of this stuff and I mean, you can know it on a really really practical level as to meetings as to when to schedule meetings as to when to um arrange an interview and you can know it on a deeply spiritual level too, and it's totally your call as to how, you know, as to where you take that. But for me, like one of the most important bits has been the embodiment process of it, of really becoming aware that I am in this body, mm-hmm. and I am in a woman's body, and it's a cyclic one, and and how to work with her as opposed to seeing her as a separate entity which I did for so long you know my body I was and so many women are totally separate from their bodies we've been taught to kind of um be a certain version of perfection that that they choose to show us in magazines and on tv programs and then and then when we don't live up to that which undoubtedly nobody does because they're all kind of they've all been photoshopped they've all been (laughs) you know they've all been manipulated in some way or another then actually you know, we end up cutting ourselves and hating on ourselves. So we see ourselves as very, you know, and in so many different ways, sorry, not just that, but for me, that's a big one that comes up amongst clients is to cut yeah. themselves. But, you know, in terms of surgery, in terms of cosmetic appearance, in terms of, like, you know, eating down eating their disorders, emotions. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, it, it, and I can go on, and, you know, and there's this crazy amount of, um, like, fertility issues, and, like, like, for me, endometriosis, but for so many women, PCOS, fibroids, all of those things are happening because we are not connected. And so the work I do is all about the reconnection. It's all mm-hmm. about us reconnecting with that space in our bodies, in our womb. That just, like, feels so good in my soul to hear you say that. And, um, <laughs> you know, this, the work that you do uh, is just, it's so necessary and it's, um, you know, what it reminds me of, <clears throat> especially reading your book is like, and I say, you know, I wish I had this when I was younger. And I remember very specifically when I was younger, having that that wish because I have this memory of, now I was a late bloomer. I didn't get my period until I was 15 or 16, you know, so I was one of the people that was like, I couldn't wait. I couldn't sure. wait to get my period. I was so excited when it finally happened, you know, to be a woman. It's just like, it was so late for me that I was very nearly like having sex before I even got my period. I was like, you know, <laughs> there was probably just a few months, you know, between like losing my virginity and getting my first period. Like I was wow. like, come on, you know, <laughs> when are going to get here? But I remember even a few years because, you know, when you're younger, I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to get it at 12. So I'm like 12 or 13 and I'm reading teen magazine. I'm just like preparing myself. And I remember there was this... um there one one edition of Teen Magazine. I wish I would have saved it because it really sparked something in me, and and I thought it was quite forward for them at the time. They had this like thing about like your period, you know, getting to know your cycle, and it had like it was it was in four quadrants, and they actually went through the four quadrants, and it was very you know it was like magazine, so it wasn't like yeah. deeply technical, but I just remember like getting to like the third quadrant and it was kind of like the PMS like week and they said your dreams will be more vivid during this week 
And then, like, you know, another week was like, you'll be really artistic during this week. And I never saw that again until, like, now. I even, like, even so far as I've tried to find that edition, like, online, I've looked for it. So throughout, like, my late teens and 20s, like, I've been searching, really searching for, like, the information that would create um, just a guide for me, you know, on all different levels, like a spiritual guide, uh, how to plan your month guide, a a sex positions guide, you know, this is going to feel good, this isn't going to feel good. Um, you know, to eat what to eat, what to activities to support yourself. And I've been craving that for like, since I was 12 years old. Incredible. Yeah. I know. I look back on it now and say like, wow, that was, uh, that was like my, for one of my first steps, like along the kind of feminist, like body positive path. And thank goodness that how, you know, I look back and I think, surely that has to be Sassy Magazine. But it wasn't because Sassy was a little bit, like, too old for me at the time. Yeah. It was, like, not quite at my age level, but, like, Teen Magazine was. And I think that was really forward thinking of them. Yeah, and, um Anyway, yeah, so kind of jumping off of that, I would love if you could just, like, talk to us just a bit more about the what you see as like the cyclical nature of women's monthly experiences and maybe even like I know in your book you go through this like in a lot of detail but maybe just go through like the broad brush strokes uh, characteristics of the four seasons of the month as you as you see them for sure so I think um for me it's it's about seeing that that reconnection piece that I was just talking about is actually available to us um by looking at the seasons of the moon by looking I mean by looking at seasons of nature mm-hmm. um, like the spring summer summer autumn and winter and by looking at the phases of the moon um too which is you know the waxing the fall the waning and the, and the dark new moon mm-hmm. um and so our menstrual cycle can be mapped in exactly the same way and and just knowing that it's like oh, okay, you know, so we've got that really beautiful in-breath where we're kind of open and out in the world, and that's that pre-ovulation and ovulation phase where we can, and it's masculine, and it means that we can do and we can get shit done, it means we can show up, it means we can, we can, you know, speak articulately, it means that all the good stuff can happen. Yeah. And then there's that delicious out-breath, that really beautiful release and that is our premenstrual and the menstrual um, and the menstruation phases of the cycle and that's and that's a part where so many women kind of find difficulty and that's because we live in a really male driven and you know and this is not and I say this in the book it is not male beaten you know it's not to do with the dudes that no, now. No. they know no better you know they know no better but unfortunately we do we live in this world you know we're cyclic we're um we're gorgeously, yeah. We, we show up very differently in each of these phases. Yet we live in a very we live in a world where the calendar is nine to five every day. Show up, be the same, be consistent. And because we're cyclic, we're not consistent. So it means that actually there are some parts of living in this society as a female that are a little bit uncomfy for us. Yeah. So actually, when you're so you know we're asked to strive, do, and be. Like that part of our cycle, yeah, yeah, we can do that because that matches what's going on outside our window. That matches the, the 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 world that we're being called to live in. 
But actually what then happens in that second half after ovulation around day 21 of your cycle is that we come into this really beautiful out-breath, that really beautiful release where we're invited to kind of come inwards, you know, to be a little bit more, to be a little bit more um, introspective and to mm. tend to our own needs. Well, you know, as a woman, especially if some of you are mamas and um just, oh, and, in, and not even, but more so with the mummers I'm finding with my clients. But, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's, it's hard. It's a hard ask for us to actually slow down. It's a hard ask for us to tune in to what, what our needs are, what we require. And, yeah. Um, and to, yeah, and to, to really listen to our bodies because we're not taught how to do that. Um, so when we don't do that, generally shit will hit the fat. So anybody that suffers from PMS, any kind of pain and discomfort um, around that kind of second part of their cycle going in from, from premenstrual into, into the actual bleeding, and if you bleed really heavily, if, um, if you get crazy cramps and super painful, if it's a super painful experience, it's because you're not, you're not listening to your body in this space. Again, no blame, no point in the fingers. It's just that's how it is. Um, mm. And, and so actually when we start to understand that we're cyclical, when we start to understand that in each of these four phases, the, the pre-ovulation, the ovulation, the, the premenstrual and the, and the menstruation phase, um, when we understand that each of these are represented by, um, by a season, by a moon, by a, you know, a moon phase, we can then start to understand how we can use the energies um, of, of nature, of, of, of the lunar cycle, and of our menstrual cycle to then show up um, in the world accordingly um, mm. and in tune with ourselves. Like, so we can fully be embodied. So I can say, do you know what? I'm day 24. This is not going to happen. You know, I would never have scheduled a call for t- you know, on, on day 24. Like, so today, like you said, oh, can we, can we chat? I'd be like... Mm, not if you want me to be articulate, we won't, because, <laughs> because I haven't got the vocabulary around that time. Because it, literally, our hormones dictate that that the um, that we become tongue tied. And I'm, you know, I'm not the greatest speaker as it is. So actually, if you get me on day twenty four, day twenty five, I am not your girl. Yeah. So I know that actually, to access my powers, to access, um, yeah, my powers for good. I need to, if I'm asked to speak, if I'm asked to do, you know, to talk or to to give a speech then I will do that um, around, around day like 14 to 16 of my cycle mm-hmm. because that's when I know that there are some levels of articulate. <laughs> I, I can be articulate in those yeah. things. But, um, it's, yeah, uh, I just I just wanted to interject and say like kind of... So fast, I could talk all day. <laughs> no, no, this is great. And what I want to say was um, it's been a struggle for me this week. Uh, to I had a few... Um, to be honest, I had a few interviews that I had to reschedule this week, uh, just because I'm not in, um, I think I'm on day 23 or something like that, you know, so that's why I'm like, I'm in my pajamas, like on the call. But I actually I wanted to, you know, I wanted to really keep this date with you just because I was like, oh, she gets it, you know, like, it's, it's totally I didn't, I don't feel like I have to put on a facade, like, I can just tell you, like, this is the day I'm at, like, I'm not feeling super articulate. I want to be in my pajamas when I talk to yeah. you. Like, I want to be comfy. Like, and this is I want my to dream. be snuggly. This is, this is my dream, is that women 
have this vocabulary to be able to converse with each other and with the world, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to say, like, this is not cool today. I can't do that. Yeah, not I can't. It's just I don't want to do that today because I'm actually being asked to do something different, which is generally to come inwards. Yeah. Now, that can be seen as really negative, you know, especially if we, on the, um, the diet of feminism that we've been brought up on, you know, it feels like really um, like counterintuitive to feminism. Like, what? We can do anything. We can just be anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. And, I'm, you know, and I'm, not, and I'm not poo-pooing the work of like, our sisters that's gone before. But what I'm suggesting is that we can look at feminism in a way of, of not being the same as, as men and not trying to do and, and get all of that. Um, get everything and do everything the way they're doing it. I'm just maybe inviting women to kind of look at how it would be to show up um, as yourself, as a cyclic woman in each phase of that cycle, and what that would look like for you, and how that would feel for you, and just to investigate how that would be. Because um, I know now that, and and, and it, again, it, we said you, you mentioned broad, broad brushstrokes, and it really is because how it is for me will be a very different experience to other people we can just use these as a map to start with and then you create your own you know you create your own map as to how that looks for you like day 16 is not a good day and you can see and then you can just start using it to to really kind of leverage how you live how you use your you know instinctive Mm -hmm. she power but we're not taught any of this you know we're not taught how to even tune in and to understand that we do have this incredible she power and we have got this incredible intuition, like you were saying that that <laughs> that magazine, like all those years ago, saying like your dreams will be more vivid during yeah. the third quarter. Absolutely. When, yeah, I've always found that to be true. You know, yeah. and I'm so glad yeah. that I found that, learned it when I was, you know, 12 years old or something. Because yeah. then when I was like menstruating and going through my cycle, it's like, wow, those like PMS week dreams are fucking vivid. Like that's always been true ever yeah, since. Absolutely. Absolutely, and as you go into and as you go into your bleed time, those first two days are, you know, for and for me, that's you know, that's that's the that's the days for me. It doesn't necessarily mean it be too true for everyone else, but every like you will, if you are of a spiritual nature, if you are wanting to receive from the universe from she, like as to where you're meant to be going, what you're meant to be doing, as to your purpose, your life mission, those are the days because that bleed moment is when we're releasing. And we can allow space to, for, for those downloads to flood in because that's how it rolls for me. I mean, again, it doesn't mean it necessarily will be that way for you. But um, but just to know that, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm a writer and I'm an intuitive. This is my work. So actually, I know that now. And that's a great way for me to be able to now show up in my life. And so I take those days off because I'm like, I don't want to miss out on anything. Yeah, <laughs> the universe, yeah. if she is going to share stuff with me, then I want to be ready. <laughs> I want to be prepared. So, um yeah, but knowing those, just knowing some of that stuff is is um, so powerful. So powerful. Yeah, and so like in your book Code Red, you you really advocate for women to chart their cycles. Um, yes. I just wanted to see if you could explain to anyone who doesn't know like what that would entail, and kind of like what are the things that women should be taking note of like every mm. day. So I make it as fun as possible for yeah. a start. <laughs> Charting anything just sounds so Dollsville, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. oh, really? You want me to chart another thing? And I also know for for women who um, you know who are wanting to get pregnant and or you know doing an IVF or any of those things, I know that the idea of charting just makes you go, oh, because it is so boring. 
there are some great apps, by the way. There are some really great apps. I get asked to make apps all the time. Like, can you make a code red app? And I'm like, do you know what? There are some great ones out there already. So yeah. there are. Um, go look. Um, apps are not my thing. Um, so, yeah, there are some great ones. What I use is pen and paper. Um, you know, if you buy the book, you get a downloadable kit. And in the kit, there's um, some downloadable charts. But make, you know, make them fun. Like, I, I just, you know, I draw images on mine. And, and I think when I say chart, day one will be the day that you bleed. Not any kind of spotting or, like, just that icky little bit that comes beforehand. I say, oh, okay. You know I mean, like, when, it, when it's, like, a little bit icky in your pants. Day yeah, one yeah. is the day when there's a full bleed. When, you know, when, there's, when you're Like flowing. a full red bleed, kind of. Yeah, when okay. you're So, yeah, so count. That is day one. Um, and then... And then literally just just chart each day. And you can just do it in your journal. You know, you don't have to have a chart. I love. I'm a geek, so I love. I love to um, to chart and see all the different patterns that emerge. And so, me too. Like say, oh my god. Yeah. Right? So you can download that, um, or or like make your own, uh, and or just or just make a note in your diary and just look for. For me, I look for mood, like what am I feeling today, what are some feelings that have come up for me today, like have I been snappy, have I felt like, um, did I feel extra, in, you know, embarrassed in a situation, for example, mm-hmm. or did mm-hmm. I have any vocabulary, like what what did the day look like for me, um, and also to notice physical changes down there as well, so like how, like do I want sex, um, like do I want to, do I initiate sex, but I'm too scared to, or mm-hmm. like what would he think, or what would she think, yeah, whatever. Um, that's all of those things, um, and then it can get really fun because I say to get a really good um, idea of your cycle and how many days it is, and how you show up in each phase, and, and what some of the kind of hot spots for you might be. So some of the warning signs that wah, 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 <laughs> like, like mine is day twenty five. Like, my husband is amazing, and he really gets this work, and he's so into it. But um, he knows there is nothing he can do on day 25 to appease yes. me, you know? Yes. So it's yes. best that he just, like, leaves me be, chucks chocolate from the bar, <laughs> because that is the only, you know, the only way that, you know, he will be right in the world that day. Yeah. And that's not his fault, you know? Now he knows that's not his fault. He's like, oh, okay, that's fine. You know, you just, you just crack on. You do what you need to do. If you need to punch a pillow, do what you need to do. This isn't about me, so I don't need to get involved. Um, or take it personally, yeah. or start an argument, or any of those things. So it's blissful, actually. We, you know, and again, like when you know this about yourself, the people around you benefit. Yeah, you know, the people yeah. around you get like such a good, like your family. If you've got sons and daughters and partners, or or if you live in a shared house, for example, it's like, oh. You know, I've got I've got um, some girls who there's there's five of them. They live in a house together, and they all have their cycle charts on the wall. They all have a mood. Um, and so in, when you buy Code Red, you get this cycle repair kit, and in there I've created this mood wheel. They've all made mood wheels <laughs> as well, and they put the mood wheel on the wall, and they're like, "This is where I'm at today. Don't mess with me." Or yeah. "This is where I'm at. You can approach me. Let's have dinner." Um, and just it's such fun. Like make it fun because we need to have these conversations, and they need to be. Um, yeah, they need to be playful. Like, it's not a serious thing. It's freaking incredible that this yeah. happens to us every month, you know? It's amazing that we bleed every every month and don't die, you know? We're freaking powerful. So understand the power, <laughs> but make sure it's playful as well. I think that's the biggest thing in charting for me. But you also start to see some really great patterns. Like I say, so there's hot spots. And then there's your, there's your power days. There's the, there's the days where you're like, oh, okay, this is when I can rock out. So I see every every month, for example, I can see that, on day 12, 
I am full of energy, I want to go for a run, I want to, I want to get up, I want to do all the things. So you schedule stuff for those days, and then it's like, oh, then your life becomes a lot easier, so that when you do come into the premenstrual phase, it doesn't mean you don't do anything in your premenstrual phase, it doesn't mean you can't do any of the things yeah. in any of the other phases, it just means that there are kind of optimal times when you can, when you can show up, and and like, why wouldn't you not want to use those? Yeah. <laughs> why yeah. would we not make our lives easier? Like, why would we make them harder than they need to be? Yeah. So are you also charting, um, like, things like cervical mucus? Or is so, that... yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like I say, you can do it as... So I do it on a very spiritual level. I do it on a very, um, like, emotional level. So I like to know where my emotions mm-hmm. are. So I can yeah. really understand that because that was a big part for me. I thought I was crazy for so long. I didn't understand. You know, I got told by ex-boyfriends and... Yeah, you are just crazy. You're bipolar. You're this. You're that. Yeah. And and actually, now I understand that part of me. So the emotions are a really important part for me personally to to um, chart. But yeah, like everything that's going on down there. So when you spot in, you know, so lots of women spot ovulation and don't realise that um, that that's okay mm-hmm. um, and that, that that's an okay thing to happen. So then they freak out. But actually, if you realise that that happens every time on day twelve, day for you know, or day fourteen, for example then you don't freak out so much because you know that that's part of your particular cycle. Yeah. When you understand when, you know, when you get a mucus plug, when that's like, that's that really clear, um, stretchy, like snot-looking... Like, uh-huh, kind yeah, of egg white, egg white, yeah, exactly, sticky egg right? white, yeah. What you'll know that, you know, you will know then that 14 days later you will bleed. That's that's how it is. Mm-hmm. So um, whenever that comes in your cycle, you know, that, that that will indicate that. But we don't know these things. We're not taught these things. So when we understand that's when that happens, we, we can then start scheduling and go, okay, I'm going to be bleeding in 14 days. So mm-hmm. I need to, like, plan accordingly. And you, you say that because it's... Um... It's my understanding, right, that the last part of the cycle from ovulation is pretty much the same for all women, right? And it's yes. the first part that's variable. So, like, Absolutely. it can yeah. be 14, but it can be up to, like, you know, 60, 90, depending on whether, you know, how how long it is between ovulation. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. I think that's so cool. Just having that, this, having that information. I mean, ugh, I, am, I am such a charting, menstrual geek. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just someday this is kind of on more of a personal level too, but I'm sure that there's people listening who maybe have a similar thing. So I have and always have had a really irregular period. Right. Um some days like when I was living uh with my partner's parents and there weren't any menstruating women in the house and I didn't go outside very much because we were out in the country, I didn't get my period for four months. Like last year or the year before, it was just like it was 121 days on my because I charted it on my app, and it was like your last period was 120 days ago. So I got out of the little non-menstrual bubble that I was in, and I went to go stay with a friend in Bristol who's very like kaffa and she's got big boobs, you know, and she's really womanly. And I bled the next day. It was like I needed to get back into a feminine orbit, but. I guess, so I have to really rely, um, as an irregular lady, I really rely on my body's, um, on my body's, like, symbols, you know, and signals, so I have to, like, unofficially, you know, chart my cervical mucus to be, like, what's the barometer of my body, you know, so I do rely on, like, okay, well, you know, I have the egg white sticky, so I can kind of work backwards from there, and then I rely on things like, um, 
okay, well, you know what? It's really tacky now, and I, I'm very, I'm not lubricated, and I'm kind of not that interested in sex, so maybe my period's coming soon. And then I get closer yeah. where it's like, but it's really difficult um, to be irregular in that space because, you know, like, for me, as I get closer into the kind of PMS, um, my my logic is a bit clouded. Yeah. So sometimes I can't really read the signs, you know, and I get like trapped in the inner monologue, you know, or the emotionals that are going on. So I really have to pay clear attention to like, oh, wow, my dreams were more vivid, you know, oh, wow, I'm like craving more space. Like, oh, look, I can usually tell because um, I can usually tell it's about to come on because I want to just like tidy the whole house. (laughs) Like, in a really OCD way. It's like, I will not sleep until everything is put away. And I'm, like, pissed off about it. It's like, you're, ah, the shoes are always here and this is always here. So that's usually a really good, like, I've learned how to, um, I've learned how to appreciate those signs and, you know, get to know them. But I guess my question. That's trusting yourself as well, though. You know, again, we're not taught that. We're not taught to trust ourselves. You know, we don't have to have a 28-day cycle. That's what that's what we, we, we're taught as a norm, and it, yeah. I understand that. But like you say, your 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 environment will ultimately change that. You know, if you work in a if you work in an environment with like crazy fluorescent light, it means that you know you, it can have such an effect on on how you bleed. Yeah. It's just and, and so it can be as little, you know, not a little bit like so many of us work in offices with fluorescent lighting that it will affect your cycle. So no matter what what kind of charting you did to try and, you know, because there's lots of people want to put it, you know, can, can I bleed in tune with the moon? Can I do this? Can I do that? And if you're trying to even work with that and you've got fluorescent lighting, for example, that will totally impede how you show up in your cycle. And, and for you now, like mm. hearing you say that, for me that sounds so intuitive and beautiful. Mm. You know, like, okay, I'm not, I've not got consistently, I've not got consistent 28-day cycles, but do you know what you have got is this really beautiful embodiment of your, you and, and how you are cycling because you've paid attention, because you've charted, because you've showed up for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, the difficult thing sometimes that I guess I want to talk about a little bit is yeah. that I do I do find sometimes when I'm like, especially reading books like about charting, you know, and getting into my cycle, I do get frustrated at a certain point, you know? Yeah. And maybe that's like a perfectionistic tendency where it's like, oh, I've gone off course now, you know? So I'm like reading, say I'm reading like The Optimized Woman and she goes through every single day, you know, this is what you should be feeling. And I'm like reading the book and I'm like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. And then there's a place where I'm like, no, that's not me anymore. And it makes me feel like, uh, it sort of subtly makes me feel a bit less less of a woman, you know, because I'm like, oh, I want the 28, you know, I want to like still be on this. So my new mission right now is to just um, become more aware about like, okay, so if I'm not on this, um, and you know, like you said, it's not, it's different for every woman. There's no, there's no like one size fits all. But like, if I'm reading, say a book that's going to take me through every single day, and there's a clear place where I say, no, that's not me anymore. Like, I know I'm not ovulating. So I'm not going into this, like, sexy, curvaceous, like, you know, want to be out there, like, in the world. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I'm still in this, like, really dynamic phase of getting shit done. I That's the part where I'm at right now, where I just want to say, okay, so I'm getting more days in the cycle. Which days am I getting more of? Right. You know what I mean? It's like, which... Yeah. 
Well, how, now how can I use that strength? So if my cycle is say like an average of 35 to 40 days and I've got this extra maybe 12 days, like what days are they? So I want to know that like and be able to do that, you know, because it's I think what I want to be able to do more is actually schedule that consciously into my diary. Like, and that's a, that can be maybe the downfall of the irregular period is like, I don't have like a day 25 that's consistent. So has it always been irregular? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, just, and, and that's how it shows up for you because that's how you, you, you're being called to show up in the world. And I think that's what so many of us forget as women as well, that this is a, Again, this is a map of, of how we're being called. You know, I'm currently running um, Explore Your Daily Landscape, um, which is an online program. And so I work with a group of women for a period of for 28 days, in fact, so that we can really get to understand how our lady landscape um, works throughout those throughout mm. that, um, throughout those 28 days. And, and so one of the big questions that comes up in, in the group is all the time is actually now that I've started charting I've become irregular because and and well, what's that about you know like I was quite regular before and now I'm not and mm. what for me is is that actually you're beginning now to I mean and for you Eugene, she will then lead us in um the, you know we have to then trust her to, to lead us in in what what she wants us to know yeah. um so like I say, another question that comes up is the is like, you know I don't bleed in tune with the moon because you know there's some really beautiful um, some really beautiful history around how women used to bleed in tune with the moon. So yeah. we used to you know we all used to bleed at dark moon and we all used to ovulate at the full moon. And so a lot of women get really you know upset about the fact that they don't do that and like how can they how can they get in tune with that because we're told that and like you say you're reading a book where it says you know day twenty four you should show up like this. Yeah, um, Nicole, it's not that you know, it's and um, because we can really start to it's, it's, it's another way, isn't it? It's like for me, it's like picking up a glossy magazine and seeing that I should look like that in, in the mm-hmm. you know, on that day. Um, it's, this is not where we, where we should be at as women, that's not that's not intuitive, mm-hmm. that's trust ourselves as to how we should show up each day. We do not need any more sticks to beat ourselves with. You know? yeah. So we don't need to bleed and tune with the moon to be a good woman. We don't need to have a 28-day cycle to be to be able to do this work. I get the scheduling part, though. Like, I really hear that. <laughs> and I think I think that can only... I mean, in, from knowing what I know of you, it's, it's actually asking, I believe, and on an intuitive level, is that it, it's asking you to, to kind of release and be more okay with letting her guide you as to yeah. what you need to do as opposed to you trying to control how you show up in the world. but that would be that would be me reading this you know reading you no um, no that's very it's it's um it feels very accurate it feels very true to me but that's what I mean like she she tells us everything we need to know if yeah. we get still enough to listen to and it's not just like oh how we show up on a day-to-day basis but like how we can show up as you know for me it was it, it what I realized with um when when I started this journey was that I couldn't work for anyone. That's what she was telling me. Mm-hmm. Is that I had a, Same. Bigger, I had a yeah. bigger job to do. You yeah. know, I had bigger work to do in the world. You, you're not here to, to work for someone else. That's why you can't do a nine to five job. That's why I don't want you being there. That's why I was bleeding so heavily. Yeah. I wasn't listening. Of course I wasn't listening to her. Like let's just keep taking drugs, let's take birth control pills, let's to keep doing all the things that, that kind of keep numb her and shut her up. 
so that mm-hmm. I don't hear her, so that, um, yeah, so that I can just get on and, and live in the world out there. Well, that doesn't work, you know, yeah. that doesn't work because you will break. Everyone will break by doing that, and that's not okay. <laughs> that's yeah. really not okay. I could not agree more. And my, I know just from being very in tune with my body, it's like she gives me very clear signals on the months when I'm highly irregular. She's actually saying to me like, okay, you know you ate shit all month, right? Uh-huh. Like, you know you ate tons of sugar. You know it was Christmas and you had tons of mince pies. And um, I'm not showing up for a while because yeah. like there's there hasn't been a supportive base, you know, or you're not in the right place. Like, if I'm not in the right country, like, if I'm in England, for example, like, I very rarely get my period. If I'm here in Malta or Greece, where is where I met Milo, you know, one of my favorite places in the world. If I'm on this beautiful Greek island, I'm camping, I'm, like, swimming in the sea, I'm eating really healthily and doing yoga. It's like, yeah, you better bet, like, it's going to be closer, you know, to 28, 29, 30 days. And this is not about, like... I'm not saying that because they're, I want it to be perfect. It's just more like when it comes within that time frame, if it's like 28 to like 30-something days, I'm like, yeah, I did something good this month. Like yeah. I created a, a base for my body to say it's exactly. safe for me to bleed. I feel healthy. Um, because something that I read in your book that I really loved was, um, and I don't have the quote here, but it was something along the lines of like, ovulation or missed ovulation and about how it could be representative of like your body doesn't feel like I'm not healthy enough to to carry a a child like right now yeah. or to birth an idea yeah yeah to, yeah yeah I really know, loved that things, like I think yeah I totally agree and hearing you say about um um how your you know your cycle normalizes that and I say normalize in in like air <laughs> in air quotes, um, yeah. when, when you're in an optimal um, condition for you. And that's, yeah. and that's all that you're being called to do is find the optimal conditions for you, actually. So if that means that you don't live in the UK, it means you don't live in the UK. That's yeah. as simple as that. You know, you've actually found somewhere where actually you know what your body needs is that pitta energy, that real kind of like fire in your belly so that you can do the work you need to do and find the time to relax as well. And that and that's about what we all should be doing. Like, that's because our menstrual cycle, sorry, is so important to our intuitive nature. And, and if we can trust how that shows up, and then we can start to trust ourselves. And we've got all the freaking answers. We spend so many, so much time like searching outside of ourselves mm. for, for like, oh, what should I be doing? Where should I be doing it? How should I be doing that? What does that magazine say I should do? What does that book say I should do? What, how, 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 how? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> it's like, Dude, she'll tell you whatever you need to know. Like my body knows that she's not meant to be in the UK because it keeps me it keeps me grounded. Yeah. And, and which is lovely. And I know that if I would like you've just said, you know, I know that I can I will be able to come back here and I will be able to um to root down if I need to. But that when you know what you know, when you listen to her, you know, I'm listening to her right now and she's saying, Look, you need to be in a warmer space. You need you need to be somewhere where you can fill up more easily and yeah. you know yeah. on, on spiritual goodness and that's that's cool and yeah. she's and that I learned all that from my menstrual cycle I love that and there's some, yeah. and something else that was like I'm not only am I like a menstrual geek but I'm an astrology geek as well and yes. I loved what you said about you know charting where the planets are 
around your bleed and around your cycle because maybe there is this like I love that I love this concept that there are like uncovered patterns yes you know getting getting through this yeah getting like getting underneath the patterns and saying oh my god well maybe what I see as this like irregular period you know quote unquote is like every time Venus comes back around I bleed you know like there could be some I'm sure there's some, like, there's connections with everything, but I love having another layer to yeah, just... And it's, and it's constant. Like you say, it's, so you can, you can um, layer it with um, the elements, you know? So you know, you know what element you're in. Um, Ayurveda, my husband's an Ayurveda practitioner, and, and so there's, like, a whole different map. I mean, not, and it's not different. It's very complementary to, to what we're sharing today, mm-hmm. but it's, like, a whole other layer of, of ways in which you can work with work with your cycle and the astrology one yeah I mean I hear you I'm such an astro geek so so knowing that you know um during some of my long so you know I have I have two cycles a year that are are kind of 38 days long and they are always in um they are they always bleed sorry I I always choose to bleed at the time of um Virgo so I always be the moon will always be in Virgo on those longer those longer um cycles so now i know actually like you know march and and in october that those months are going to be longer it means that i can actually like it means that there's for me it with leading in virgo means that there's a time for organization it's a time for kind of getting good with stuff yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to see those two months now and then, you know because i've cycled for i've charted my cycle now for about eight years um and <laughs> i can see that actually that shows up you know it's definitely showed up for six of those and so it's like, right, okay, March and October, they're the months that I get shit done. And so I see those now as, as, as pivotal points in, in my personal menstrual mapping where mm. I kind of get stuff done. And it's great. You know, you just know. And, yeah, it never stops. It's great. That is so cool. <laughs> and as a kind of uh, astrological side note, I am actually, after our conversation, um, one of my main things today on my to-do list is to celebrate um, Saturn popping out of Scorpio because... Oh my goodness, I cannot wait. Yeah, because this has been my Saturn return. Like, I'm 32 oh, and really? and the last... And, and you know, Saturn in my, my chart is in Scorpio and it's in my... It's right on the cusp of... Uh, in between my 12th house and my first house. So it's this... For me, it represents this battle, this two-and-a-half-year battle between my conscious and unconscious mind and the way that I show up in the world and the way and my shadow side um, and trying to integrate the two. And at times, especially in the beginning when I didn't know what was going on, not integrating them very well. Yeah. And having very, you know, dark nights of the soul and... I can't teach yoga anymore because I'm a fraud and I'm a fake and, you know, who am I to teach these things and have, say, anxiety or, you know, anything, like anything that kind of comes up um, and that can come up during Saturn return and particularly Scorpio, like in your subconscious and unconscious mind. So I'm actually celebrating today, you know, popping out of this two and a half year period and just going, ah, time to like... You know, I'm going to go up to the cliff, like, by the sea and just say thank you. You know, thank you for the lessons of the last two and a half years. Ready to move into Sagittarius and the new energy that will come with it. And it feels like I'm very much in the cusp of a new um, a new phase in life. It's that exciting, I really appreciate. It? Yeah, yeah. I love, I love seeing those patterns. I mean, for me, I am a Scorpio too. So, mm-hmm. um, 
it's been gnarly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> About two and a half years has been gnarly. Like I've lost every matriarch in my entire in my family. So I've mm. not I've, I've got no female line um, in my family. My mom, my aunties, um, my cousin have all died within that two. Um, about two and a half year period wow. and my parents um, and my dad died too within that space um so what it's done for me is is really clarify that death and rebirth piece and um right which is so big in our cyclic nature as well you know with our menstrual cycle we get that opportunity every month to to release what we no longer need mm. and to die to it and then to be reborn in the in the spring in that pre-ovulation phase and and that's massive. And so for me, like, I hear you, like, I, I spent all day yesterday totally, like, just in tears. And not at, not in sadness. You know, there's been so much grief. It's been dark. It's been heavy. But now there feels like a lightness because I know that that, that, that astrological move is happening. Mm-hmm. But I also know what that represents for me as a person now is that rebirth. And, and I feel like a phoenix from the fame. And so when we understand that, you know, astrologically, we can understand that, you know, in terms of the moon, that we get to do that on the lunar cycles each month. But also we get to experience that in our menstrual cycle too. And yeah. if we start to understand that in that premenstrual phase, we can let go of stuff. We can start to really, when you said earlier about how um, you would, um, like there's, there's days when you, you know you want to clean everything, like OCD stuff, OCD style, that's true of ourselves as well. It's, yeah. it's a great time to really edit um, and the, the critical voice would also be louder at that time too, so be totally aware of that. Um, but yeah, it's a great time to edit. And, and so we then start to, you know, we then start to prepare for release, which is our blood. And when we release for ourselves, we're also releasing for the whole of our family, for the whole of, for the whole of our community and for the world as well. You know, oh, that wow. sounded incredibly yeah. woo-woo. I mean, it, no, no, it no. is woo-woo. And it's important to even talk about that because that's what women, that's what, that's, that's, that's the power of this, of this process. Yet we, we don't know it. And so, you know, people would come to, come to women back in the day and they would be like you know I want to I want to sit at your feet because this is this is the power of you like you mm-hmm. literally will be releasing on behalf of the world each month um to, to what's no longer na- needed in order for in order for us to be reborn and and that's replicated in you know like I say in the seasons and in the cycle too so it's mm-hmm. big old stuff and so yeah i you for taking that time out today and, and honoring that's like that's particular cycle of, of your own as well yeah thank you I just last night I was feeling so like I just I, I like squeezed through the birth canal or something yeah. I was like Ugh! and it's so funny because you know I have a very like supportive uh partner and and actually the best thing that he does for me you know you're saying like rich will just kind of like you know, leave you alone, like, and go work, like, a 14-hour shift and leave some chocolate. I think what Milo does for me is he just, like, he actually, I'm, like, you know, I'm just, like, last night, I'm, like, had these running tights on, and I'm, like, they're too tight, and I'm, like, taking them off and throwing them against the wall, and we just crack up laughing, you know, and just, because it's funny, like, for me, it's funny getting into that, like, it's so, it's such a childish, like, tantrum you know I'm having this tantrum and it's not personal like and he'll just you know goad me until I'm like, be like you want to wrestle you know and we're just like next thing is like we're like wrestling and pillow fighting <laughs> and so last night I'm like I just feel so constricted right now I'm like I take off all my clothes and I'm like throwing them against the wall but like I don't want to have sex and I'm just like we're about to like go to bed and I'm like I'm just gonna have an angry orgasm yeah 
Exactly. And I did. I just had an angry orgasm. I put the pillow on my mouth and I just bit it and was like Kali, you know, rising up through me. Yeah. And then just kept, you know, luckily women like have multiple orgasms, you know, so I just kept having them. Like, I'm going to have another one and another one and another one just because I can. And like moving the energy up through my chakras. And then I was calm after that. And I was docile but I but I just want to say something about like that Kali energy and really where you you personally inspired me was just coming to this this idea that like not to discount because I've done a lot of discounting the second half of my cycle as not the truth and not the true me like I do a good job of creating space for myself and sanctuary when I bleed I love my alone time. Like, I feel like, you know, I've created that space. What I haven't created is the space to say, no, this is me as well. Like, yeah. and the shit that's coming out, like, when I have PMS, like, there's truth in this, too. Yes. It's not yeah. just that I'm going crazy this and I'm picking on everything. It's like, these are the things that have built up all month uh-huh. that I'm ready to say now. Yeah. And I censor myself a lot. And I think what you've said about that in your work is just brilliant it's inspired me so much to really be more authentic and truthful thank you for me this is this thank you yeah this is the work this area like that whole premenstrual that whole um second half of our cycle it's like my job my work here my purpose because it's truth it's so true for me personally that it's totally my journey as well but if it's mine then it's totally for someone else as well is that we need to reclaim the whole second half of our cycle like you say i think when um i share this work and i explain this work people people get it they get all they get three of those phases really really beautifully like yep that new energy that potential i can plant seeds i can do really awesome shit in that pre-ovulation phase in ovulation they're like yep i know that i can manifest the shit out of anything Mm -hmm. i am queen of the freaking universe i'm amazing i can do be i'm sociable i'm sexy i'm magnetic everyone wants to be around me um you know there's nothing i cannot do then we come into the, so and then and then obviously like there's the bleed phase which um, the menstru- you know the menstruation phase where people are getting now actually like be able to stop and be able to slow down mm-hmm. and, and honor that process is is an incredible like create that sanctuary like you said because actually who doesn't want that like sumptuous um, like call inwards to mm-hmm. and, you know I've got I am surrounded by like red blankets and all you know so many beautiful cushions and and just anything that comforts me and brings me home. But that uh, that whole phase of, of pre-menstruation is like where the real work happens, where we are truly magical. You know, um, some people call it the enchantress. I call it I call it the wise wild woman yeah. because it's the phase in life that we are all you know that we we all dread because it means like because in you know if we look at the cycle of life, then this would be a phase for women where we would come into menopause, where we'd be kind of um, stepping into our power, which mm-hmm. for me is like. All those bleeding years mean that we come to this place where actually we encompass, we embody everything that we've learned over the bleeding years. Yeah, we're not taught that. We're taught that you're too old, that you're, you're not good enough anymore, that you dried up, like literally, figuratively, all of those things. Mm. So, and, and this, the, the charting work and just uh, the cyclical nature, 
This is also something that pertains to kind of perimenopausal and postmenopausal women as well, right? They, you know, they don't have to feel um, locked out of cyclical nature. Just for anyone who's listening who is, you know, postmenopausal or perimenopausal. But that's the point, right? So we even think, like, so people, women are finding this information out and going, oh, this is so great. Why did I never, why did I not know this? I can't mm-hmm. believe, like, I've missed out. Like, I feel like I'm missing out. And I'm like, ladies, like, you're perimenopausal. If you are menopausal, or you, you know, you're, 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 you know, you're, 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 you are, you know, you're, you're done bleeding. You are fully in your power. We as a society do not, um, do not ritualize, do not celebrate that that anymore we kind of we make it so that you have to take hormone replacements and, and feel bad about yeah. yourself because you're going having hot sweats whereas actually if we were taught how to bleed well if we were taught these four phases and to how to show up and that we bleed that way for the amount of years that we bleed we would then be prepared for that moment of power that we step into when we're a menopausal woman because that's the time when we are at wisest so in our in our um so when we're cycling um when we're charting our cycle, our actual menstrual cycle, we see that that phase in our menstrual cycle each month is the phase when we show up so truthfully, which is why I love the work because, mm-hmm. I mean, I am all about, I am all about the Kali Ma, truth-telling, um, <laughs> you know, rawness uh, yeah. in the world. Like, there's not enough of it because women are pushed down. Our voices have been silenced, censored. You know, we've been burned for telling our truths, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that, this period in particular is, is one where we should embrace, you know, I call it bitchcraft because we do not have a, we do not have a way to work with these emotions. You know, we talk, we're told to be quiet. I'm writing that down. We're told to be enough, you know, like, be more, be more, do more. And actually, like, then you're told, then you feel like you're not enough. Um, yeah. Say so you have too much, you're not enough, um, you're not worthy. And, like, all of those feelings will come up in you. And your tongue will be sharp. So for me, the bitchcraft is about refining that. It's about understand, like you say, like I had like a restrict, you know, I wanted to have a restrictive like orgasm Mm -hmm. because I can, because I'm a woman. Um, Hell yes, you know, like that's and and not being embarrassed or ashamed to talk about that or to say it or to even you know to tell your partner that's what you need. Um, To even know that's what you need because so many women do not even know that that's what they would need in that Mm -hmm. phase. And this is the place where this is the phase where we're, where we're told that you're crazy, you know, that you that like oh my god, like she's going mad, and and no, we're not going mad. It's because we've got no we've got no way of understanding what's going on in our body at this time and what mm-hmm. feelings and emotions are, are rising up on in us. And for me, it's like I say, it's that real truth telling space. It's a space where our wiser self will make itself known. So. Yes, your critic will be at its loudest, but one percent of what that critic says, there will be a truth to. Mm-hmm. You know, there will be a nugget mm-hmm. of truth. In, so if you're like, if you're saying, you know, if you're looking around and and saying, "Oh, my life is rubbish, my life is shit," blah, 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 you know, and, and feeling very down on yourself, whilst your critic will be extra loud in this phase, there may be a truth that you're not happy. Like, what are you not happy about? This is the time to really question and to unpack life, because, like you say, these things. Things that you've put up with that because you've been doing and you've been out in the world in pre-ovulation and ovulation, like they're, they're things that, like you know the stuff that kind of just oh people will say something or or they'll, they'll do an action like or, or ritual leave like a, a wet 
blanket. I mean, a wet towel, sorry, on the, on the bed, for example. That's <laughs> <laughs> me in those two places. Look on this face. That would really bother me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a very kind of, you know, it's a very superficial um, um, example. But, you know, it, what, what I mean is that those, everything will show up here. So it's mm-hmm. like a magnifying glass to your life. So you can really use it as a way to really start to realize, okay, what am I happy about? What am I not happy about? And so the things that are extra loud, that feel like there's a lot of, I don't know, juice to, that you're given a lot of time to, find the nugget in that, you know, find yeah. the truth in that. That's what this whole, for me, the, you know, it's, and it's, a, it's a future book. It's not the next one, it's the one after that. But it's definitely the bitchcraft piece that I want to speak to because we need, we need to be able to refine some of that stuff because at the moment for us if it comes out it can come out uh, come out like you say about being you know censoring yourself a lot in this space because mm-hmm. actually the truth yeah. might be a little bit too much for some people yeah absolutely like but when, you know we don't want to censor ourselves but to be able to find a, a language a vocabulary an articulation a way to be able to share this with compassion is um but still be in your truth and your integrity that takes refinement you know, and that's and that's all it would take is refinement. That's not censorship at all. That's just about taking into account other people's needs before you call them names, which I've been known to <laughs> in this place a lot of times, <laughs> and having a really you know outrageous opinion. Um, so yeah, it's the refinement process, which which is really in that bitchcraft piece for me. Sorry, yeah. I ranted, but that's so, no, that's, so good for me. It's so wonderful, and I just, I'm just i really glad that we got to touch on that because for me that was that was really the pinnacle piece of, you know, your work in my life is really just um, I want to work with that energy more, you know, and I want to learn how to refine it and how to honestly speak my truth and how to just check in during that time and say, You know, because it's cool even thinking about like, well, just even I I wasn't aware of this, that that maybe my hormones for the rest of the month are kind of like tuning out, like helping me to tune out those things that once I get to that PMS week are like, no, actually, this needs to change. Yeah. Like this way of relating, this way of talking, this, you know, leaving the towel on the bed, like my hormones are working like for the rest of the month for me to like ignore that, you know? Yeah. So you can do pretty much so I can like have a baby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a very practical level. Is that yeah. But these are the, and so they're the ones we talk about, but we don't talk about the, the very emotional effects of, of those, those hormone patterns. And, and yeah. this is one of them. This is totally one of them. Yeah. Cool. Well, I want to kind of wrap it up because I know otherwise I could just talk to you for hours and hours and hours and go off in different directions. But I want to wrap it up with like a sweet little question, which is um, something that I loved uh, that you talked about in your book was this idea of having like a menstrual box, you know, like that's in your closet. And I wonder if you can just kind of like take us out by describing like what that is what that kind of ritual practice is and what's in your box uh, <laughs> tell us know, what's in your I box know, like, what's in your bag like, what's in my menstrual box that's way more exciting yeah um so yeah I, I kind of speak to um women about creating something um that's very personal to you at, at um at your time of bleed so that you can pull it out and that you can so yeah, that you can 
ritualize the whole process so i'm big on ritual i'm obsessed with the whole mm. uh, making everything like celebratory and, and ritualistic and and so this is really a part of that so i've got this really gorgeous um red shoe box that i have um created over the years really and, and things come and go from it but i bring together like just things that i love so i have um Lady Nada Orosoma oil, which I just put in my hands and I can just take in a big, deep breath. Mm. Um, and, you know, womb breathing for me is really important at this time. So, like, breathing deep in through your nose. And so this is a tool, but I can't put it in my box, but this is definitely a tool that I use at, um, at menstruation. And so this is box, so sorry, yeah, this is a box for menstruation. Um, but actually what's been great is that so many of my clients now have a box for each phase of their cycle because they loved it so much. Oh, so, yeah, I yeah. Know. So they can bring it out in their pre-ovulation phase and that this is their, like they have a piece of jewellery that says, yeah, I'm in my get shit done phase. It's like a power ring. Like, yeah, let me, yeah. Let me go. And, you know, and then in, in the premenstrual phase, they, you know, a lot of my, <laughs> a lot of my um, clients have taken on that Carly energy and they're like, okay, I will, I will channel Carly and I will know that I'll be able to, I ask her for strength to not say things that I don't mean <laughs> and, and without being rude to other people, but without kind of um, ruining my integrity in the process. Um, so there's like little, little things like that. But for me, like the menstrual box is the most important one because we don't, you know, as a society, we don't kind of honor that part of creating that inner sanctuary for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, so I have Lady Nada um, or Asoma taking the deep breaths. And so the, the breaths would come in through my nose and they would be deep, deep breaths. So it would go past my heart, past my gut, right down into my womb space. And I would hold the breath there. Mm. And then I allow that breath to, to work its way right back up and feel it as it moves through my gut, into my heart, and then back out through my mouth. So it would be in through my nose and then out through my mouth. And I do this deep. And it's just a beautiful meditative practice. Yeah, It's gorgeous. Um, what else do I have? Um I have a gorgeous red blanket that's only for my bleed time, which I just love. Um, and it just feels like it's, and it's, yeah, it's so thick and gorgeous and just like I wrap myself up in it. I have, like, I am obsessed by this, so I have <laughs> loads of things. Um, I have like um, scarves that I've, that I've bought that I will just wear if, I'm, if I have to go out, which I'm trying not to um, on days one and two. But it's like being able to, it's, I don't know, it's like a symbol. That's like mm-hmm. a talisman. And just gorgeous. So, you know, I've got rings that I wear and I've got like a, a little um, a little yoni necklace that I will I will wear when I'm bleeding, like a little with a, with a little garnet in the middle. So it's mm. just, yeah, and you, can, and you can pick and choose. Like, so I have a shell as well where um, I can listen to the sea because that's that's my home. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm at the sea or if I'm not, if I'm not near it, I always have that box with me. If I'm traveling when I'm going to bleed, I always take it with me. Um, it just becomes, or you know, you don't have to take a box, but you can just choose a piece of jewelry. But just something to, for you that symbolizes that you are bleeding and that you are honoring that, especially if you've got a nine to five job. You know, it's much harder mm, for you to do some of the yeah. things that we've spoken about. I totally get that. Um, but you can honor the process and simply by honoring her and slowing down and being able to say no when you've been saying yes and being able to say, do you know what? I'm going to just do this today. Um, and maybe, you know, and maybe just be upfront with, with um, colleagues and friends. Start having the conversations um, around that. And and sometimes the jewellery can do that. And wearing a red scarf like for three or four days can do that as well um, mm. to start the conversation too. But, yeah, just honour the shit out of it because this is magic. You know, this is magic yeah. and the power of the feminine kind. And, 
And we are amazing as women. And we really, really do need to start reclaiming the entire menstrual cycle as our own and realizing that it's an incredible power source for us. I could not agree more. I just, I love the idea of ritualizing all all aspects of the cycle, um, mm. especially the menstrual cycle. But I haven't put together, like now I'm inspired to just like put together like um, more kind of symbolic things because for me yeah. it's been more like practices. Like I know when I'm just, yeah. when I'm at that point where maybe before the, I'm definitely tuned in to like, the period hasn't come yet, but like I can feel like I always describe it as like, you know, PMS is like once you get to the end, you know, and you're just like you're gonna bleed soon. It yeah. feels like the the temperature and the thermometer has gone past the top of the thermometer and it's like bubbling, like yeah. like uh, you know, the energy is so like it's like a bubbling pot, and then there's a very clear moment where it all goes, Ooh. yeah. And I feel that, like, my temperature has dropped. Physically, my temperature's dropped. I don't feel so hot in my body anymore. And that's usually my, um, my like, my bleed hasn't started yet, but it's kind of my um, symbol, you know, or my signal that it's time to, like, do this hour-long yoga nidra practice that I just love. Yeah, nice. And just put blankets on and cover my eyes and take a bath. And sure enough, like, the bleed always comes, you know, in the next 24 hours. But it's like, okay, I'm going in my cave now. Yeah, beautiful. Going in the, you know, it's really nice to now have a flat where there's a second bedroom. Like, we've always lived <sighs> in studio flats. So now there's, like, I'm going in the second bedroom yeah. And I loved you said, you know, in your book that even sometimes you sleep in another bedroom. Like, oh, I do that absolutely. too. It's like, ah, it's nothing personal. Like, that's yeah. you know, not a big deal. Like, I'm just going to sleep in there because I want my space and sanctuary. And yeah, I want to create this little bubble for myself. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's just another way to honor yourself is to like, I need some space. This mm-hmm. is what, and especially that little bit of time. It's definitely that bit of time. And there are some great teachers now who are, who are finding that actually there's a, a fifth phase of our cycle where, whereby there's this, where we hold tension. Um, and it's where we hold the tension, not just in our bodies, but we're holding the tension for, for the entire kind of world really oh, so we, wow yeah and it's just it's exciting it's exciting to understand that as like as a fifth phase actually that and that can last for an hour mm-hmm. like you say so you know that there's a there's a time when that's coming yep it's usually it's usually a few days. hours for me and then yeah. it then it drops yeah and it can well, it can be days like you know so rich will know that there's for me there's and then you know you know the signs for me it's tears there, yep the big cry things. yeah the big cry is usually it's the sobbing yeah. Like catharsis. Yep. Yep. And yeah. then I feel fucking amazing afterwards. I'm yeah, just like, absolutely. <sighs> catharsis. I feel so good. And I know it's time to, like, okay, time to get in my cave. Yeah. But knowing that, you know, and if we don't know that, this stuff makes you sound crazy. I get yeah. it. Like, if you didn't know that that's what was happening each month and you just did these big tears and that every after you go, oh, it must be because I was bleeding. It's like, Oh, imagine if you knew that that meant that you were going to bleed. Like how, like forewarned is forearmed, but also it's just like a really beautiful signal and practice that actually that's a cleansing process too, and that it's okay, and it's not mm-hmm. something your partner's going to freak out about, or the people that you live with are going to go, oh gosh, it's gone a little bit cray cray today. It's like no, actually, this is part of my cyclic nature. This is who I am. 
and owning every bit of it and claiming every bit of it. So powerful. I just, I'm, man, I love it so much. I'm such a cheerleader for your work. And I think, thank you so much. Yeah, man. And just such a pleasure to get connected with you. And um, can't wait to share this with, with everyone. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs>